Timothy and uh, Nick, if you guys would come up. And I skipped past this earlier. So uh, the last time, or one of the last times we sang that song, it was with the children and the youth, and Tim was up there singing. So I don't know why they didn't invite you up this time to be on mic, but just no respect, no respect. Uh, they are going to um, do the third Advent lighting, which is joy. And uh, in it, it talks about in the Latin. I don't know if you are aware but uh, Nick is a Latin AP student, and uh, so he he was going to read all of this in Latin, but I said, no, we wouldn't understand. But uh, if you guys would just lead us in the advert here. There is comfort to be found in the practice of pausing to read, pray, and reflect over the course of Advent season. This third Sunday of Advent gives us the opportunity to prepare in our hearts a sense of holy anticipation for the celebration of the birth of Jesus, as well as for his promised second coming. We reflect on the joy we have access to to because of our faith in Jesus. One of the defining characteristics of Christ's followers is their joyful demeanor. Let's not allow the struggles of this year steal from the great joy we have because of Jesus. Philippians 4, 4 and 5 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Over this Advent, would you pray that the joy of the Lord would be evident in your heart and home? May God's Spirit transform the days leading up to Christmas into a time of holy anticipation, preparing our hearts as we joyfully await the chance to celebrate the arrival of our King. The third Sunday of Advent is traditionally called Gaudete Sunday. Gaudete is the Latin word for rejoice. In this Sunday is the time for us to rejoice because Jesus came and died so that we may live forever with him. Isaiah 35, 4 says to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear for your God is coming to destroy your enemies. He is coming to save you. Psalms 51, 12 says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Luke 10 to 11, or Luke 2, 10 to 11 says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Now we light the third Advent candle, candle of joy. Very well done, and uh, good to have different people participate um, in the Advent season and uh, the candle lighting this year. As we look, we're going to look at the book of anybody as I get to it. Anticipation. <laughs> Why is it? Uh, it's supposed to be an exciting book, not like ah. Uh. Okay, but uh, before we do, 
remind you of the Christmas Eve service. We do have a Christmas morning uh, service on Sunday, or yeah, Sunday the 24th. So there will be a 9 a.m. service, and then we do have a special Christmas Eve candlelight service. So if you only want to come to one, that's fine. If you have a friend that wants to come to one and not the other, invite them to that one and join them there. Uh, I think it's going to be a special time. Light refreshments to follow if people bring light refreshments. If no one brings light refreshments, then we can all blow out our candles and go home. But um, we're excited about that and excited about this time of year. I was reminded as I was listening to a sermon that the gospel is the good news. We often say the gospel is the good news of Jesus. But the gospel could be, hey, I got a new truck. That's the gospel. That's good news. I did not get a new truck. If anybody got a new truck, it'd be Beth, because Beth drives a truck. I drive the car. That's how it works in our family. But if you just won something, that'd be the good news. That'd be the gospel. But we get to share the good news, not about something we acquired or something that happened to us, but something even better, Jesus. The good news startled the shepherds. The good news made Mary very nervous and hesitant and said, why? Why? But the good news of the gospel is what we get to celebrate. The good news of the gospel is why we get to share with others. After spending some time in Antioch, Paul went back through Galatia and uh, this other place, visiting and strengthening all the believers. Visiting and strengthening all of the believers. Last night, we had our first youth group type event. We did uh, cookie decorating and watched a movie. Uh, it was fun seeing, I think we had seven girls, six girls, and uh, when they started, they sat in their groups. Like they had uh, two sisters, a friend, and their friend, and then they had, they were all kind of separate, and they kind of decorated cookies and watched the movie, and after the movie, they were talking and playing games and just talking and enjoying one another, and I just thought, strengthening and encouraging the believers. It takes time for us to get to know people. We actually had some people attend this church from another church because their old church had something bad happen. So they said, I like this church, but my friends from the other church now go to a different church. And that connection, that friendship, I want to go to their church, even though we've been going to this church because we went to that church and it split. And I got confused by all the churches they were mentioning, but I realized there's something about connection the connection with Jesus, but the connection with one another that strengthens us and lifts up the body of Christ. They, they were pretty good. Um, I ate my cookies. I just put extra frosting on. I didn't really decorate. It's cream cheese frosting. You can't go wrong. And I didn't have dinner. So I had like seven cookies and now I'm feeling it today. But uh, it, it was a great time for people from our church to get together and just be encouraged that, hey, like we can eat cookies. We can get to know one another. And this is church? Like, this is fun. And church should be fun. Well, in this, uh, Acts um, 18, verse 23, it's the beginning of Paul's what journey? How many journeys did Paul make? One, two, three. Well, this is his third, his third journey. If you guys are in the maps, it's his third journey. And it says uh, from Acts 18 through 21, Paul's third missionary journey, he went by land rather than by sea, visiting believers whom he had led to faith in Christ on his previous trips. Was this the best way to go uh, as far as um, economical? 
No, because he could get on a boat, go from point A to point B, but he took the long way. It's been said that we as Christians need to walk slowly through the crowd so we can meet the needs as God press impresses us to reach out to others. So he went the long way because he intentionally wanted to communicate to reach out with other people that they might be encouraged. Visiting and strengthening all the believers from the New Living Translation, all the believers in the NIV, we have a different word. But I believe that as we spend time with people over time, multiplied by time equals they know we care. As you spend time with somebody over time, multiplied by time, they realize you care about them. If it's just like, hey, I see you once, that's fine. Oh, you're going through something bad? I'll pray. Or is it, let me invest in your life. Let me get to know your heart. Let me just intercede for you. Let me feel the presence of God telling me that I need to come alongside you. I need to lift you up. One within our congregation, their families experienced a lot of loss lately. I think there's been three deaths in the last week, and we just need to pray and intercede that God would lift them up. God would just show his presence in such a way that they're allowed to cry, and God will wipe away our tears. So let's be in that position where people know that we care about them, not just a checklist on an attendance sheet. People care. They matter to God, and they should matter to us. Strengthening all the disciples in the NIV. What is a disciple? A disciple is a student or a follower of Jesus. Leaders are readers, leaders are learners, and leaders are listeners. Are we a student of Jesus? Are we not just a follower, but are we trying to learn and consume and listen to what God told us through Scripture as revealed by the Holy Spirit, that we can live a life that is pleasing to others. In 2024, I said that my word, I believe for me, but for this church too, is consistent. How are we going to live a consistent life? How will you develop, uh, grow in, or mature in your Christian life? This quote, what gets measured gets done. What gets measured and fed back gets done well. What gets rewarded gets repeated. What gets rewarded gets repeated. And so, we're going to take this time to acknowledge people that have invested in this local church. And so I would like to say thank you to the music team and to the LAC. So Missy, Johnny, Greg, and Lori, come on up here. Dennis, Jamie, Stacy, and Liesl, if you guys would come up here. Come on up. Come on up. Let's have the right. You can clap. You can clap. You can clap. So if I was more organized, I'd have this better organized, but I'm not. So Stacy, Missy. Greg and Jamie, you're way over there. Johnny and Lilo, hey, you guys came up with this. There you go. So you guys can open these. Just open these now. Open these now. They're all the same. So first one to open, you win the prize. But these are just little uh, mugs that we gave out. We gave, we called the music team the music team, and we called the volunteer team the worship team. Because whether it's Nick setting up chairs or Shirley putting out mint, everybody that volunteers helps create an environment for worship to allow us to worship. So that's the worship team. So we gave all the worship team uh, one of these mugs tumblers i don't know what they're called you put fluid in it and drink it mostly <laughs> or pens if you don't drink anything um so that's for you and hopefully that wherever you go you're you'll be reminded that living hope wesleyan church is a place we get to serve 
we get to serve. But because I wanted to do more than that, um, these are just simple gifts. I asked, I asked, it's kind of funny, I wish I could go into stores. I, I said, hey, what? I said, Lori, what should we get Dennis for appreciation for the LAC? And she gave an answer. And then I said, Dennis, what should we give Lori? And he gave an answer. So, and I asked uh, Sam what we should get you. Oh, and yeah. it was awesome. But <laughs> so, some of the answers were so practical. Should I say practical? That's like, I can't do that's That's too practical. But these are not practical. These are uh, just saying thank you. You guys can uh, keep them, divide them, split them up. But we just want to say thank you. And there is a... So please give them a big round of applause. And thank you guys. And I think it is very important that we take time to uh, share thank you because we want people to understand that what gets uh, rewarded gets repeated. The same with the Christian life. As you obey God, you go deeper into his maturity. As you obey God, you go deeper into his maturity. If you're like, well, I'm immature, I'm still struggling, how mature are you in the faith? Are you learning to serve? Are you learning to give? Are you learning to sacrifice? Are you committing what you want for what God wants? This is what happened with uh, those in Acts, and he encouraged them. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, an eloquent speaker who knew the scriptures well, had arrived in Ephesus from Alexandria in Egypt. Anybody remember Ephesus from last week? It was an important city. That's all you have to know. Alexandria, though, where Apollos was from, from Egypt, that's where the Old Testament had been translated into Greek. So Apollos had a special opportunity because the uh, Old Testament had been translated for him, and he took full advantage of that opportunity. Sometimes, well, we have a life group that we can attend, but eh, I'm not going to take full advantage of that opportunity. Or we get to pray for people, an opportunity is like, eh, I don't know, I'm kind of busy. Or we get to join a women's ministry or a men's ministry or a youth group where we get to get involved in something. We get to use our gifts to uh, build us up, to build up the church as well, whether through serving through music or uh, setting up the welcome team. But it's like, eh, we don't take full advantage Apollos took full advantage of the Old Testament being translated into Greek in his hometown. He had been taught the way of the Lord, and he taught others about Jesus with an enthusiastic spirit and with accuracy. Sometimes zeal takes over for accuracy. So just say a road is accuracy, and zeal is, uh, I don't know, my son would make fun of me because he knows cars I don't know. But just say it's like the XT5000 twin turbo with, what's that? Nitro, nitrous, 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 with nitrous. And you have this fancy muscle car and it can go wicked fast and you just punch it and it'll go wicked fast. That's zeal. Accuracy is the road. And you can see the road, but you have all this zeal and it's wicked fun just to punch it and you hit it hard. My uncle, uh, he used to say, Tim probably, it was Tim's dad, it was my dad's brother. He used to say, give her the gun, I know the road, right? And so that's what, I know the road, so give her the gun. Sometimes with so much zeal, we express the good news, the gospel, what Jesus did, but it's not always accurate. 
Well, I just know God loves you so much so you can keep sinning and God's still going to be happy with you. Feel, but is that accurate to the scripture? No. And so this guy, Apollos, did not understand that believers could experience and enjoy the power of the Holy Spirit as a present energizing reality. He thought it was something in the past. He knew what John the Baptist told, but Apollos did not get to experience, did not to see, was not a witness, did not live in the fact that God sent Jesus. Jesus lived, Jesus died, Jesus was resurrected, and Jesus now is our mediator seated at the right hand of the Father. The greatest distance in the world is just 14 inches from the mind to the heart. It's most difficult to decide whether to go with the heart or mind. But the Bible says this, this is the pathway, but my heart, oh, God, my heart is deceitful and wicked. But Jesus, like that doesn't make sense. I just want to go with my feelings. I just want to, but... Jesus would have us connect the zeal with the path so we follow him with great uh, expectation. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him preaching boldly in the synagogue, they took him aside and explained the way of God even more accurately. New Living Translation. If you hear somebody within the congregation, especially a new Christian, someone new to our church or new uh, to Christianity, and they say something, you're like, eh, that's a little off. You don't say, hey, you're a heretic. You need to go to Bible school. Or that's not what we believe. You need to find another church. Or we don't say like, ah, why Why are you even here? Don't you even know the Bible? Well, no, because they just became a Christian and you don't know everything right when you first become a Christian. So we need to have patience or show grace with them. That's from the New Living Translation. Took him aside from the NIV. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they, they invited him. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him speak boldly, but there's things he had to learn, they invited him to their home. Now that that makes me pause because like invite to your home? Like you can fake it being a good Christian here at church for the hour. You can come early and set up. You can stay late and greet people. So two hours you can Yes, God is so good. You need to know him more. But come to my home and see how I live when I didn't do laundry. Uh, the cat is like sneezing all over our new couch. I'm like, ah, I guess so. Who would we invite to our home that we're comfortable enough to say, hey, I'm not perfect. I'm a mess. I struggle. But I know based on God's word that I can go after Jesus. And based on who Jesus is, he's going to forgive and help me and give me victory so I can walk in the way. I can walk in the truth. I can learn that Jesus loves me. I can learn that there is a plan for my life. Who or how would our community, our church community, be different if we invited people into our homes, whether literally or figuratively, where we spent time with them outside of Sunday morning, out time of, hey, we're going to worship for an hour, so hey, let's worship. It was, hey, we're going to live life together. The struggle, the brokenness, the victory, the past. We are going to live life together to know that God cares. And as we live life, people realize, hey, you're not perfect. 
perfect and neither am I. Like you still struggle with sin and temptation and so do I, but you go to Jesus. Like you open the Bible, you have that daily habit of meeting with Jesus. You have that uh, weekly habit of journaling, of feeding your mind, of feeding your soul. And so your mind and your heart, they're, they're connected. They, they go together because you're so focused on Jesus. What if we started to invite people into our lives and say, hey, follow Jesus as I follow him. Priscilla and Aquila took him aside, invited him into their home, creating community, communicating care. This is our slogan. This is something I came up with, I don't know, eight years ago, and it's been eight years, and people still, they don't know what it means. Like, hey, it sounds good. It's four C's, but what does that mean? Isn't that a denomination? Well, and what's so amazing about grace, it talks about how we can extend grace. As you extend grace, you learn to connect with people. As we connect with one another, we start to care about each other. Are you caring for each other? How are you connecting with each other? How are you caring for each other? How are you showing that God loves him? Do we pray for people? Do we pray with people? Who are you learning from walking with investing in? It's a broken record, but this one's going to play and play and play and play. My mom, quick story, broken record. She had a uh, sister who had a record and said indestructible, then it fine print under normal use. Well, my mom didn't read that because she just read the indestructible, and she told her sister, hey, it's indestructible. And everybody said, no, it's not. And my mom says, look, it says indestructible. And everybody said, it's destructible. And my mom said, no, watch. And she took it and broke it. And I don't know why. I just share like My mom is not a saint. Like, everybody is like, so it, it happens. So even my mom is not a saint. So we can learn from everyone here. But are we learning from others? Or are we just like, ah, eh, that's true, but yeah, like my mess, it's too personal. Or what I'm going through, nobody would understand. Or what's happening in my life, eh, I don't want that to get out. We need to truly learn from, walk with, and invest in other Christians that we might know and do the will of the Father. That's to seek and save the lost. We don't save them, but God does. Do you know Jesus? or only the one who introduced you to Jesus? Do we talk more about Jesus? Or man, my parents were amazing representatives of Jesus, which they were and they are, and it's to be celebrated. But it's only to be celebrated because they follow Jesus. So you don't look, hey, Sharon Fuller, she broke a record, like that's really bad. It's more, hey, we look at them as they follow Jesus. Do you know the shepherd or just the psalm? You probably heard this story before, but uh, this person read Psalm 23, and then this other person was quoting Psalm 23, and they said, hey, you can quote it, but this person knows the shepherd. Do you know the shepherd or just the psalm? As we look at these next two verses, Apollos had been thinking about going to this other place, and the brothers and sisters in Ephesus encouraged him to go. They wrote to the believers in Achaia, asking them to welcome him. When he arrived there, he proved to be a great benefit to those who, by God's grace, had believed. By God's grace, had followed. He was a benefit. I don't know if you've ever been around some of those um, fiery preachers. Uh, that old school uh, passion and zeal that was encouraging, but sometimes because it was so passionate, sometimes people that are passionate 
can come across as annoying. Or why are you telling me what to do? Or why are you judging me? Or ah, just give me a break. Or I'm not at that level. He was a benefit because he did not just speak with zeal, but with accuracy of scripture. And what is scripture? You'll be known by your love of Jesus. So you could say, you are sinning, sin leads to hell, and the wages of sin is death. But Jesus is a gift of life. And you hear, Jesus is a gift of life. You don't hear, my sin, my shame, my guilt, hell. You hear, there's a way out. There's freedom. There's difference. There's an opportunity where I can change, and not just me, but others can change. He was a benefit because his zeal was reined in to the accuracy of the road as narrow as it was that he walked. Our zeal needs to be reined in to the accuracy of the road of Jesus. He refuted the Jews with powerful arguments and public debate. Using scriptures, he explained to them that Jesus was the Messiah. He did not know Jesus as the Messiah before, remember. He only knew what John came to say. But after spending time with Aquila and Priscilla, after being in their home, after understanding what they had uh, seen and experienced, he knew that Jesus was the Messiah, and that was the message he was sharing with others. Using the scriptures, he explained to them that Jesus was the Messiah. This is joy, the Sunday we celebrate. Two scriptures I was reminded of when I thought of this, Hebrews is the first one. Using scriptures, he explained to them that Jesus was the Messiah. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the, because of the awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. He used the scriptures and explained to them that Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus, for the joy before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame. And now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Interesting conversation Michael had with Beth the other day. Beth shared with me, and I uh, thought this is perfect. I actually had this verse picked out before that, but I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth, that my children are walking in the Lord. How awesome was it for Paul to hear Apollos share what God had done in his life? Perhaps Apollos had heard about Paul. Perhaps Apollos had heard about Saul and was scared and wanted nothing to do with him. That he thought that there had to be a difference. There had to be a change. There had to be someone to go against Saul. And then he's with Paul and he sees that Paul was changed by who Jesus is in Apollos. There's such great joy in knowing that Paul was a mentor. Paul had become a spiritual father. Paul had been somebody that invested in him. And now Paul could see Apollos and say, I have no greater joy than this to hear that my children are walking in the truth. My children are loving God. My children are trying to seek and find Jesus and his truth for their life, the purpose that he has, that they would reach out to others. 
And so I'm just going to ask, uh, won't you stand just for a moment? And if you have children or um, a niece or a nephew or um, there's a kid or child that comes to mind that attends here, uh, this, their face, maybe you don't even know their name. We're just going to pray that they would know the truth of Jesus. So just silently where you are, just say, Jesus. Jesus, we lift up our children. We lift up the families represented here. And we lift up those on your great creation. That they might know you and walk in your truth. Jesus, we pray that we might value people because you care so much about us. You may be seated. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. That's why we light the joy candle. Because we're no longer under judgment. That we don't have to fear. That we get to celebrate. Apollos was much more than a convert. He was a student and follower of Jesus. We don't just want converts. We want followers of Jesus that are students of his goodness. The best students are the ones that live out what they learn. Live out what you learn. And a great indicator of that is through baptism. So pray for those that are considering baptism. Pray for those that are going to be baptized and pray for others that 2024 would be a year of baptisms because we are spending time with people, inviting them into our house that they might learn of God's goodness as he's been so good to us. JB, won't you just close us in prayer and then the music team has one final song. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that we've been allowed the blessing of coming here today and every Sunday that we live in the nation where we are free to do so. We thank you for the season of hope and peace and joy that we know that we have you here with us, even as we remember the season where you came to be with us in person. We thank you for who you are, Lord. We thank you for being our provider, our healer, our comforter in this season. And we pray and we thank you because we know that you will continue to be those things in our lives. Lord, as we're here today, please fill us, fill us with you and with your spirit so that we can overflow onto the people that you place in our paths, the people that you want us to partner with, the people you want us to learn from, and the people you want to learn from us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Joy in the world is heading for the joy candle, but I would ask you to stand up. Thank you.